Record. Go for it. Welcome to Mr. Reticle, where we take a theoretical approach to solving mysteries. So lock your doors and don't let anyone in. Anyone. And just join, uh, no, no, and join <laughs> us. <laughs> and just join us. God damn it. <laughs> Welcome to Mr. Reticle, where we take a theoretical approach to solving mysteries. So lock your doors Wait, and don't let your voice anyone got, Your voice in. got weird. <laughs> it's okay, <ready>? your turn. Welcome to Mr. Reticle, where we take a theoretical approach to solving mysteries. So lock your doors and don't let anyone in. Anyone. And join us for this week's Mr. Reticle, the Jaling Baru murders. I'm JP. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so this is going to be another downer case. Sorry for all um, but it's going to be a shorter one, so I think that I think you can handle. And we've got some fun ones coming up. I mean, not fun, but like Interest- different, yeah. interesting, lighter, yeah. light-hearted, lighter heart, yeah, light, mm-hmm. more lightly hearted. <laughs> yes. But while we still have you down in the dumps, I do want to say, or we want to say, that there is no space for hate in the world, and we'd like to express our sorrow and respect for the families of the victims in Atlanta, as well as um, all of the victims of the current and past racist acts towards the Asian community. Yes. Stop being a cunt, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be racist. Stop it. If you want a divorce, don't murder your wife. Just divorce yeah putting that out there (laughs) yeah i have some housekeeping um (laughs) i'm prepared i don't think you are (laughs) (laughs) um because it's about birds (laughs) like the egg part again are we back on the egg okay so a different thing so the um whole story about touching an egg thing makes the the right the oils birds have really really bad sense of smell and like (laughs) (laughs) well duh they don't have noses (laughs) (laughs) they do it's a beak holes but whatever so even if they did have noses they have really shit sense of smell so they wouldn't abandon their baby Maybe if they so saw we can just you, toss it back in the egg. Or in the I mean, nest. I mean, I wouldn't throw a baby from it. Like, I think if even I can't like, reach it, <laughs> I'm sorry. You build your nest so high. <laughs> Put it lower. Um, like I think, like it's. I think if they see you handling it, they might be more nervous because it's yeah. like a person, but it has nothing to do with smell. Because okay, I have one other bird thing. Because I meant to bring this up ages ago and I kept forgetting because we have an Aussie friend and I asked her how to pronounce EMU and it's emu. And she thought Americans were weird that we say emu. So it's officially emu via emu Australia. Yep. Emu. Emu. 
and Naimu. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're like a whole continent of people that were taught to say emu, which I always thought was weird. I always like as a kid, I was like emu. Well, I was always corrected. I mean, do you say aluminum or aluminium? But but I mean, aluminum it's, is it's in pronounced both countries. Aluminium. I know that, but like it's spelled aluminium. But <laughs> aluminum isn't from just England. <laughs> <laughs> Like emus live in Australia, so I feel like if we're gonna pronounce it, we should pronounce it the way the Australians pronounce. <laughs> sure, since, since and we'll they're start calling in their backyards. <laughs> we'll start calling French fries chips. Great. When do we don't we have our own friend? Whatever. They're not even French. I don't. I was just sharing. Because <laughs> we're slowly becoming an anti-geography bird podcast. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> True crime, what'd you come here for? <laughs> Birds? That's what we're going to Bird talk lessons. About. <laughs> Bird lessons and pronunciations in different countries. Mm. That are probably wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Jayling Baru. Oh, wait, am I not talking about Kristen Smart? Oh, no, you should. Okay, so cut that out. <laughs> no. Forgot. You should. Um, we just wanted to mention Kristen Smart um, since it is ongoing things happening. And relevant. And, yeah. Um, Kristen Denise Smart was born on February 20th, 1977. She was declared dead in 2002. It was presumed that she was abducted and killed at the end of her freshman year at Cal Polytechnic State University. That evening, she or the last time she was seen, she was escorted back to her room by three boys. And then she hasn't been found. But recently, they began digging up the prime suspect's backyard, which um, Paul Flores, and he is one of the boys that had volunteered to walk her home. I think they searched his house before. Yeah. Um, like back six years ago or whatever. Uh, the reason they can do more now and have like a warrant and stuff is because he was arrested on a weapons charge about a month ago. Mm. And so since then, they've been using ground penetrating radar, their cadaver dogs, police tape around the house, which is in San Luis Obispo. And her parents are hopeful. Yeah, there's been hope before. I guess they like dug up Cal states. Yeah, like, areas, areas and stuff, too. So but hopefully this is. Hopefully this is it. Yeah. That's all. It's a big, big time in true crime. Yep. Hopefully we can get justice for her. Yeah. That's it. You may go. <laughs> you may proceed. Um, okay. So we're in Singapore right now. We're going to fly it? to Singapore. Yeah. Brace yourself. Twilight Zone? Did I wake up in Singapore? <laughs> <laughs> no, right now it's probably dark. Like I think. Oh, that- yeah. They're far ahead of us time-wise. Or is it tomorrow? I I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know where Singapore is, but. (laughs) It's over there. (laughs) Uh, Jaylang Baru is a sub-zone of the planning area Kalang in Singapore. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just a very small section of Singapore, basically. It's kind of like... um, like Hollywood is, in yeah. LA. you know what I mean? It's, it's like just a neighborhood. A neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's got a population of 13,000 and it's just oh. over a quarter of a square mile. So it's that's small. A lot. That's a lot. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, well, Singapore, so Singapore I'm gonna, is small, right? You vary. It's yeah. the size of a city. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about why there's so many people, not why, but like how and everything. Yeah. Um, but Singapore is a sovereign island city state in Southeast Asia. They gained independence from the UK and Malaysia. Um, they declared their independence in 1965 um, after slowly breaking away from the UK and Malaysia. They have a population of 5,700,600. That's a lot. For a small. Yeah. yeah. It's comprised of 64 islands. Oh. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And it's just one big. Yeah. So it's also home of the world's first night zoo, which I thought was super cool. Like Ooh. you go to the zoo at night and you look. Um, at the animals sleeping. At the animals sleeping. <laughs> the non-nocturnal animals. But the nocturnal ones, you know. I'm yeah, sure I bet they... the bears come out. Yeah. Night. At night. No, bears aren't nocturnal. I'm thinking of like winter. <laughs> hibernation but i've heard that phrase before the bears come out at night or something i mean they are they are nocturnal i guess the few bears i've know. seen in the wild maybe they're just like late dumpsters were at yeah. night no it is one of the world's greenest cities which i thought was really cool as well that's dope and a lot of people in singapore live in government housing 80 percent of the population is in public housing okay they are located in housing estates with schools, supermarkets, hospitals, and bus stops, like all in one central area. So Jay Lang is like a whole bunch of like giant, not a whole bunch, but like yeah, a few giant apartment buildings, like packed with people. And it's like, and then they have like hospitals, supermarkets, all your necessities right there. Yeah. Right there for you. So it's not like everyone has houses. They're all in big apartment no. buildings. No. So public housing is not ostracized as it, in, as it is in some countries like here. Um, it's necessary and vital to provide affordable housing by public amenities at affordable prices. And it's meant to foster social cohesion between social classes and races. Which I thought was really progressive. I mean, I was just going to say, and what are we doing? Rent is how you have to make like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much um, money to technically, if you can afford something, that means you can buy it twice. I can't pay my rent twice. <laughs> no, I can't either. No way. So uh, we're going to talk about a crime that happened in one of these apartment housing estates, and it's going to focus on the Tan family. Um, okay. So the so there was. Now remember, this is a, uh, an Asian culture, so the last name goes first, or the surname, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Surname? goes first. Tan is 38. He's the father. Okay. Lee is 30 and she is the mother. Um, and they're the parents, obviously, of the four kids. Okay. They operated a minibus service that would take uh, kids to school. Um, but it wasn't like their kids to school. It was uh, like in a different community, I guess. Yeah. So they would go in the morning, bus those kids to school, and then come back and take their own kids to school. Interesting. A minibus is, uh, can be like as small as an airport van um, or similar to city buses, but maybe like just slightly smaller. Yeah. 
like any of those, anything in between there can be a minibus, considered a minibus. Okay. I don't know exactly like. That makes sense. A bus, but smaller. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know exactly like. Like how small or how, how small or. Like how if many they seats? drove the same bus, if they, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I doubt they drove the same bus. I'm sure it was two of them, but yeah. I don't know. So wait, sorry. Was that like their job or they were just. Yeah, that was their out? job. Okay. Um, they operated it is okay. what like all the articles said. So I don't know if they owned it or if like someone else owned it and then like hired them to operate it, like to run it for them or something. Right. Tan and Lee had four kids. After the fourth, Lee had uh, some sort of sterilization procedure, which we'll talk about, like it'll come into play later. Okay. Um, but they didn't want any more kids, you know, they were done. I wouldn't want any more after four either. <laughs> no. So the kids were... Tan Kok Pang, uh, who was 10 and he was the son. Mm-hmm. He was in primary five or fifth grade. Tan Kok Hing, Hin, which, who was eight, and he was also one of their sons. He was the second eldest, and he was in primary three or third grade. Tan Kok Soon, who was six, and he had just started primary one the week prior to these events. Mm-hmm. And then their only daughter, Tan Chin Ni, who was five and she was in kindergarten. The sons went to uh, Bendemir Road Primary School, which was nearby. And then the daughter went to a, a like, I, it's called PAP or PIP kindergarten, um, also close by. Got it. The family lived in a housing and development board flat um, or apartment. It was a one bedroom apartment. So that's six people living in a one bedroom apartment on the fourth floor of block 58. Oh, yeah. Um, it was the government housing and the buildings were huge, like tons of people lived to, live in these buildings. Yeah. They just like pack them in, into these like tall, like large buildings. Yeah. So I don't know, like the living situations, like how yeah, like space or yeah, um, or like how clean they were. I don't know anything about that, but. I mean, it's still happened. just a lot of people in a small space in one Mm -hmm. building is it's like new york i can't imagine a living in an apartment building that has like hundreds of other people hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and then not only that but like right next door is another building just the same size with just as many people and you're all coming and going yeah the ones here are like so spread out because we have more land space so we don't have like i've never i've lived in one building that was bigger i've lived in a high rise before and Mm -hmm. i hated it i hated it i hated waiting for the elevator and dealing with you know certain people like a doorman (laughs) i don't think i had a doorman we just had really um bitchy apartment people oh i just had really bitchy doormen (laughs) (laughs) because they treated us like college students and we were like we're adults yeah. Just because we live near UCLA. I couldn't think of the word for a second. <laughs> Doesn't mean that we're kids. Yeah. Or we're not responsible or whatever. Yeah. Um, so January 6, 1979. Mm-hmm. This is the day that we're on. It's 6.35 a.m. Tan and Lee, the parents, left for work. Uh, the kids were still asleep when the parents left. Seven ten. Come up for school. <laughs> well, seven ten a.m. 
the mother, as per usual, calls the kids to wake them up. Okay. Um, and get them ready. There was no answer. She called three times total, but no answer each time. Mm-hmm. So that's like kind of unusual. I mean, yeah, okay, the first time maybe they're still asleep and they're yeah, just- give them a second to get up. Yeah. And- so mom then called the neighbors and asked them to help wake the kids up, like go knock on the door. I mean, like the neighbors are really packed in and everything. Yeah. They were very close with their neighbors too. Which is good. Yeah, which will come into play in a little bit. So the neighbor walks over probably closer to 8 a.m., knocked on the door, but there was no answer. Okay, so here comes the gory parts. Probably for the next couple minutes. <laughs> for the next three hours. <laughs> uh, it's 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad come home. They like, I got so the neighbor guess. knocked and no one answered. So no one just, answered. Okay. So they like called the parents, hey, no one answered. And the parents are like, okay. So the parents like, I guess they finish up and then go home. I would, I would have been like, fuck the job. Bye. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. But I don't know how hard it is out there for like, yeah. them to get back and stuff. So um, the house is silent when mom walks in. She walks back to the bathroom and discovers the bodies of her four children. Uh, they were piled on top of each other, only wearing T-shirts and pants. Although one site did say they were only in their T-shirts and underwear. Like maybe they had just woken up. But well, most, pants, most of the articles said pants that pants, like, were from Singapore. If they're, if they're part, their language is, um, whatever the word, what can I think? Influenced by like the UK, pants is underwear. Okay, so that could trousers be. Trousers is pants. They do speak English and it is like UK English. So. They also speak yeah. like Mandarin and stuff. So, yeah, no, I'm sure. But like, I think if you're reading things that are in English, pants would be underwear. Yeah. If it's UK. It, yeah. So don't go to the UK and say, oh, I didn't wear, you know, I wore different pants today because people are going to be like, you're talking about your underwear. <laughs> what do you call pants then? Pantaloons? Trousers. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So. Their heads mm. were, had slash wounds on them. And like, I'll talk about the weapon and we can talk about like how the slash wounds were made and everything mm. um, in a little bit. Kok Peng, the eldest, had his right arm almost severed off. Each child had about uh, at least 20 slash wounds on their heads. Kinney, the daughter, um, had slash wounds on her face too. Okay. So now let's hop into the investigation and the evidence. Yes, please. The investigation was done by the Criminal Investigation Department's Special Investigation Section. That was a um, mouthful. Yeah. They were not able to identify a motive, um, and they said that it was likely that the murders were motivated by vengeance. Yeah. Just based on, like, how the bodies were found and, like, the crime in it itself. Yeah, it's not like they hid them or... Right. They wanted them to be found. Right. The area was cordoned off and no one was allowed in for fear of evidence being disturbed, which is really good. Yeah. After about two hours, police let one member from each newspaper into the into the apartment, which I thought was like, oh, okay. it's only been two hours and you're going to start letting people parade through. Yeah. The children had been and like this came from one of the uh, journalists that like walked through. Uh, she said that the d- children had been wrapped in polyeth- poly- polyethylene. 
All this Saran wrap. Sheets and were laid out side by side on the floor. And the investigators, cameramen, were, were all taking pictures of everything like around. Yeah. Top investigators described the scene as one of the worst and cruel, brutal and inhuman uh, scenes they had ever been on. Uh, the police said that the murders were likely premeditated. They noted that the killer or killers left almost no evidence. So I'm going to use killer moving forward as if there was only one killer and not multiple. But I don't know. We'll get into this a little later. Yeah. It was, it could, it, it, I think that it was likely more than one killer. Yeah. So uh, they left almost no evidence, meaning that it was uh, very well planned and that they were very careful about the murder um, or murders. Yeah. So they had that knowledge, at least to not leave anything behind. No fingerprints, no nothing. Which this is 1979. And as I'm going to mention shortly, like Singapore just gained independence 15 years earlier. So they just started like establishing their own governance and their own like yeah. police stuff like that so it's very young the killers or killer did however leave blood stains in the kitchen sink um so there were blood stains in the thing in the sink it's thought that the killer likely tried to clean themselves before leaving however they think that that murders happened in the living room Mm -hmm. but there was like no blood spatter or anything so somehow yeah somehow they I don't know I don't know but if they like had sheets or I don't know how it happened you know the actual murder but there were not there was no blood stains which is weird if you've had if like the children have almost 20 wounds and your head your head is full of capillaries so it bleeds a lot even if it's not like a serious yeah but exactly there was no evidence of forced entry either so the killer likely knew the kids. And so the kids like let him in or whatever, let her right. in. Um, the house was not ransacked and nothing was missing except for a couple of things we'll talk about shortly. The kids' school bags were still lying on the table waiting for them to go to school. And they also had a couple of pet fish sitting on the table swimming around too. Mm. And so they were just like swimming around undisturbed, you know? I mean, yeah, why would you disturb? Yeah, but it was just like the way that the journalist described it as like she's looking at this gruesome scene and then you just see like two fish just swimming around like they don't know any better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Too bad they can't be witnesses. Yeah. So as I mentioned, there were nothing missing except for two things, and that would be the murder weapons. They were thought to be a cleaver and a dagger taken from the kitchen. These were never found. The cleaver was thought to have been taken from the kitchen, as I mentioned, and the cleaver is kind of like, um, like the square butcher knife or the rectangular yeah. butcher knives. It's like an axe, but not yeah, it's for like cutting meat. Yeah. And then the dagger would have been like a, a butcher knife or a like right. a sharp knife, like that. Well, I picture a dagger. It's like a ruby hilted. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like a kitchen, a kitchen knife. That makes sense. Kok Pang, the eldest, um, was thought to have put up a fight because there were, as I mentioned, like his right arm was almost severed off. Yeah. But in his right hand, there were several strands of hair. So he, so he like likely grabbed onto the person, held onto their hair, and like the murderer, like just 
whacked at his arm yeah. so he like let go yeah. or whatever yeah and terrible terrible the killer likely knew the tans as i mentioned a couple of weeks after the murder murders they received a chinese new year card which like it could be a hoax or it could be real but the card had happy children playing together on it four of them and the words, now you can have no more offspring, ha, 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 in Mandarin. That's they knew about the sterilization that Lee had gone through. It addressed the parents by their nicknames, I don't know how to say these, Ache and Ang. Um, and it was signed the murderer in Mandarin as well. So that's like super. So even if it was... My words are just not publicized. I almost said polarized, publicized. That's like personal information to know, unless that was publicized too, but why would they publicize The nicknames are, um, so uh, their nicknames are basically Ah. Yeah. A-H, and then their given name. So it's Ah-Che, not Ang. So it could be, that it's a common nickname to call someone Ah and then their first name. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. But how would they, did they publicize like... The sterilization? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I didn't see anything in the early articles about it. Um, the only time I, that I saw anything mentioned about the sterilization was a few years later, which we'll get to at the right. very end. That's what's making me think it was someone that knew them because why would right. a stranger know that? Right. So let's dive into the evidence. There was no sign of forced, uh, let's summarize the evidence rather. There was no sign of forced entry suggesting the children opened the door willingly. No items reported missing except for the knife and the cleaver, or the knife and the dagger, the, yeah, the cleaver and the dagger, yep. um, indicating it's not a robbery that went wrong. Right. Strands of hair found clenched in the hand of Kok Peng, the eldest child, indicated that he tried to fend off the attacker. And this may have attributed to the severe slash wounds on his right arm. Was he, how old was he, the oldest? 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. Wow. The murderer was believed to have used both a chopper and a dagger as, a, as slash and stab wounds of varying degrees can be found on the children's bodies. I'm so, sure. yeah, the cleaver was probably like what made the wounds on their heads. Yeah. So they probably just like, you know, uh, didn't like slice, but just. Yeah. Beat them with the cleaver, you know? So here's where it gets like, were there two people? Because uh, there were no screams or loud noises like heard. And that's a packed apartment building. Yeah. And I don't think the building. If you have control over four children. This is 1979. So the buildings weren't soundproof by all means. Yeah. So it suggests that it might have been done by two murderers where one is in charge of like pacifying the children or keeping them quiet while the other, you know, did yeah. did the actual murders. And like, so they also said that maybe they brought the children into the bathroom one by one and like killed them there. So traces of blood in the kitchen sink and absence of blood stains in the living room suggests that a cleanup was done and that the, the murder was pre-planned or premeditated. Yeah. The likely time of the murder was between 6.35 a.m. when the parents left and 7.10 a.m. when the first call happened, suggesting that it was well-planned and the murder knew the family's routine. Yeah. 
And it's also important to note that, as I mentioned, it's only 15 years after Singapore's independence and forensics like fingerprinting and blood samples were, uh, weren't really around. That was going to be my question. Yeah. And I don't know. I am pretty sure that the case has been closed in the Singapore government because they probably never like didn't keep the evidence or lost the evidence. And so they can't do DNA. They can't do fingerprinting it now or anything, you know, like looking for fingerprints on the card that was which sucks because if the kid had the hair, if he at least pulled it from the root, they would have DNA. Yeah. I mean, even here, even here, people lose evidence. They lose evidence. So yeah. Theories. Yeah. We have a few theories to review. Some of them could be linked. Some of them likely aren't. And some of them are BS theories that I just want to cover real, like, briefly. Yeah. And then I'll talk about a little bit of the aftermath, and that's it. And then class adjourned. Straight to the point, class adjourned. (laughs) (laughs) Dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) Theories. So, Lee. Sorry. We're going to yell them. Okay. Um, Lee's brother, this is mom's brother. So this is the, let's just call him mom's brother. Okay. So we don't get confused later on. Okay. Lee's brother told the media that the murders could have been related to an illegal tontine scheme. What is that? A is that ton- an MLM? N- similar oh. to an MLM. I was kidding. A tontine scheme is an organization of individuals who enter into an agreement to pool sums of money so they all contribute sums of money or something of value like oh here's the deed to my house here's my car or something and the last survivor of the group takes everything Mm, that's what yeah so these are real things like tontine schemes are real and but it doesn't really fit because they would have had to have killed the parents not the children yeah for all of the money and whatever the parents contributed. Yeah. And the police also pursued the possibility of a killer of this, like, but they like be maybe being like disgruntled or something and wanting the money or, or whatever, but it led nowhere. Yeah. It doesn't seem likely. But it was, it was like interesting to hear about it. I had never heard of this Tontine scheme before. And so mm-hmm. just to hear about it. No, it's fascinating. Yeah. How is like, that a thing? I know. And then I guess it would make sense for not make sense. I'm like not trying to justify it or anything, yeah. but like it would make sense. Like seeing, Oh, well that's why they were murdered because they thought they could get away with it. They premeditated it. Yeah. Uh, or like really thought it out and well-planned and everything. So they could go in, get it done and be out, not get caught and then get all the money. Yeah. But then again, like who's looking, who's reviewing. Right. Or like, who's the treasurer of the Tontine scheme? Right. And then they could like put two and two together, you know? Yeah. So really, I don't think that it makes sense at all. No. Well, there'd have to be evidence that, like, I feel like the parents would be like, yes, we're involved with one. Mm-hmm. The police did interview two women in connection with the murders on January 7th. So this is the day after the murder. Okay. They said that the women were picked up by homicide detectives and detectives thought they might shed light on the murders. And that's what was reported in the newspapers. They later released them, the two women, but they didn't say if they provided any new information. Rumors circulated that these ladies were involved in the Tontine scheme and murdered the children. 
However, no one's been arrested. And uh, as we mentioned, like the Tantine scheme doesn't really make sense because they would have had to murder the parents, not the kids. Right. So is it a theory that it was done by women? Only that's one of the theories is that these two women were involved. Yeah. Maybe to like help pacify the children. Uh, right. Or like maybe they were in charge of keeping the, the kids quiet or something. Right. Um, but yeah. Interesting. The police also interviewed over 100 of the Tan family neighbors. As I mentioned, the apartment building is huge. So it was probably like the 100 people that live like above, below. Yeah. And like in like their in hallway. Close proximity. Yeah. Yeah. And there is one neighbor that I'll talk about shortly. Um, okay. But the police had a lot of trouble obtaining information from the neighbors. And I'm not sure if it's like a sketchy area or if there were gangs or anything like that involved where the neighbors were afraid to speak up. Right. I didn't look into like crime or gangs or anything in Singapore to see if like that's really relevant. But again, this is only 15 years after they declared their independence. They have not like fully executed the law laws there, you know? It's all new. Yeah. Yeah. One neighbor uh, that I mentioned earlier, I think the kids called her granny. Mm -hmm. She usually sat in the hallway and watched the kids play in the morning. I'm like 95% sure this is the, this is the neighbor they called to be like, Hey, can you go check on the kids? Yeah. That morning, like she was close to the kids and she was close to the family. She said to the police and to papers and everything that she would have seen if someone was coming or going from the apartment because she sits in the hallway all the time. However, on the morning of the mornings, she was washing her hair. Mm. But then again, as I mentioned, like if it- Someone smell her head. (laughs) (laughs) Is there Pantene on there? Um, If she was afraid- Guys, don't use Pantene. I'm sorry, continue. (laughs) If she was afraid to speak, or anything like that. Like, that's right. a really, uh, it was a common excuse to say, oh, well, I'm washing my hair. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's going to be my excuse if I ever... for anything. Yeah. Sorry, I was yeah, washing, washing my, my hair. hair. Yeah. Even though I don't wash my hair for like, I probably wash my hair once a week. So it'd be yeah. really obvious if I washed it or not. <laughs> um, okay. So now we're going to get into a more realistic theory. A taxi driver reported that a man in his 20s who walked with a lurch got into the taxi near the location of the murders at 8 a.m. What is it? What, what do you say a lurch is? Um, my guess is kind of like with either a hobble or like maybe he had a bad knee or something okay. like that. I've just never heard it described like that. Or it could be like a lurch in your like your spine is a little off so you like walk like this i was gonna say or he had a really tall guy that you would call lurch Uh uh-huh holding his hand he walked with a lurch (laughs) (laughs) the taxi driver claimed that the man had blood stains on the left side of his body and carried a knife that banged against the door when he got out like he didn't notice the knife until he got out yeah the description of the man matched one of the tan neighbors Mr. Tan said that this particular neighbor would visit to use the phone. So the kids called like knew him and would call him uncle, which is why we didn't call the brother uncle earlier because we don't want to get them confused. Um, Well, and I think isn't that isn't that a thing? Auntie and uncle is like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. In like Asian, certain Asian. I don't know if they all are, but 
Yeah, as I know it at least. I've known, I've known little kids that would call me auntie. That's right. Like a, that's like a thing. Yeah. And I um and I wrote like a clarification that uncle is a term that any like that kids use for anyone older than them. Yeah. Um, and that's like something that is common in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, the neighbor was also picked out in a lineup by the taxi driver. So okay. they, you know. So that was real. Yes. And so like the way that they found out about the neighbor is the police heard from like the taxi driver came in, reported it to the police. The police went to Mr. Tan, the dad, and mm. said, hey, like this was the description to give. And do you know anyone by this description? He said, yes, my neighbor that comes to use the phone all the time. The kids call him uncle. And so they brought the neighbor in for a lineup. The taxi driver identified them. And then they held him. Um, they arrested him. But he was released two weeks later for lack of due to lack of evidence. And he moved out of the complex a couple of months later. Well, he's so, guilty. So. <laughs> so a YouTube comment from a few years ago shed some suggestive light on this theory. Okay. So this so is, all this of, is oh. our most trusted source. Right now, a YouTube quote is. It's up there with Reddit and. <laughs> well, this is where I actually found the YouTube comment because the video was pulled down. <laughs> so so the, it's a Reddit of a, it is of a YouTube. a Reddit of a YouTube, yeah. No judgment. I used so many like rumors and stuff yesterday. So, I mean, last week. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the YouTuber says, or the commenter says, I live in Singapore and my mom lived in uh, Jelang Baru when she was young. This is what she told me. She said, and this is now a quote within a quote. Um, <laughs> what is it? What is the movie? What? A dream within a dream. Oh. Fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. In. I can't, my brain is not. <laughs> is yeah. it an old movie? Yes. No, Inception. No. Inception. Anyway, she said, quote, Everyone in the area knows that it was their uncle who murdered the kids. Their parents were supposed to buy some 4D, which is a local lottery where you bet on four numbers, 4D lottery tickets for the uncle. When the number the uncle picked came up as the winning number, he went over to the Tans to collect his money, but was told that they had never bought the, bought the ticket. Like they forgot. Um, he was super angry and didn't believe them. And he thought they were cashing in on it. So when the Tans bought the mini school buses to operate their transport business, it basically confirmed that he, like, that they yeah. took his money and used it to do this. So he murdered their kids as revenge uh, to end their bloodline, as he knew that Mrs. Tan had, their, had her sterilization done. And in East Asian culture, uh, not having an offspring to continue your bloodline is um, considered a shame, like a family shame. Mm -hmm. He knew that the kids would open the door for him when he went to visit, like they often did. And as for why Mr. and Mrs. Tan would not report their uncle is apparently that they were involved in drug activities. And now this is all stuff that I'm taking very, very lightly. Like yeah. take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Involved with drug activities and the uncle is in a street gang. If the Tans were to report the uncle to the police, he might rat them out and they would get arrested for the, for the drug deals. Dealing drugs in Singapore gets you the death penalty even till this day. And no neighbors would report uh, the uncle for fears of being a target of the gang, which explains why no one is willing to provide any information to the police. And also that uh, Granny so happened to be washing her hair during the time of the murders. Whew. So 
Yeah, they could have done a handwriting sample too from the Chinese New Year card um, yeah. and like compared it with his, but they didn't do that. And some suggest that Lee could have been having an affair with um, Uncle, but there's no evidence to prove that either. Interesting. Um, I mean, even without that YouTube comment, I was like, so he did it. Like, yeah. Residents also. Be so- sorry. No, you're continue. fine. I was going to say, especially since he was seen with blood all over him. Was he a butcher? No? Okay, then. <laughs> I know that he lived with his sister. That's all that I know. Mm. So residents also claimed that they saw the daughter, Chini, uh, struggling with a man from the apartment. Like they saw, like maybe from like the next building over or something, like they had a view of the window and they saw her struggling with the man. Yeah. Um, but the witness was never located by police. Like no one ever came forward as they added, I'm the witness. So it was just a rumor that was like spreading around. Mm. And not unless someone like credible comes forward. Right. The parents were also questioned by police. So I do want to cover the parents. And this is my last theory. Okay. I do want to cover like, were the parents involved at all? Because I mean, that's going to be on the top of your mind, you know? Yeah. Immediately you're like, well, they were in the apartment. There was a short time period, a very, very short time period that the murders could happen. Yeah. But just after the murders, the parents couldn't even speak to the press. Like they would just cry whenever they were being interviewed. Um, a year later, in an er- interview, the parents said that the, like, the apartment was just four walls of loneliness. And the parents registered like, I don't know how long after, but it was must have been like a year or two years afterwards. They registered with the social welfare department for uh, adopting a child because they wanted to adopt. They said they wanted to adopt two children, a boy and a girl, but there were no babies for adoption. Mm. So they did not adopt. So that kind of leads me to believe like, I don't think that the parents were involved at all. I think they might know some information that they're not coming forward with. I think that that's a possibility, but I don't think that they were involved. Like they weren't behind it. Right. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, That's really sad. Yeah, they were like super distraught about. Why like, did they not get like a call later if there was babies to adopt? I we'll talk about that. Okay. So, tell me about your theories, Lynn. I'm gonna I finish think, my theory. I think the guy did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I think if you're seen covered in blood, if the taxi driver picks you out out of a lineup, if you knew the kids so they would open the door for you, if you knew, if you lived in that building and you were paying attention, you knew that family's schedule and that they would be gone for a certain time and what time the kids woke up. And I don't know about the whole, the parents were involved with the drug thing or if there was like a gang relation thing, which is why like the granny was afraid or like why the parents wouldn't come forward with other information. But I think lack of, I think, I think I would feel differently if they proved he wasn't the murderer. Yeah. As opposed to there was lack of evidence in a time where they weren't really pulling evidence to their, to the, you know, the best abilities that you could pull it to in the seventies. Right. So, yeah, that is my theory. I don't think it's the weird pool your money thing. I don't think that it's the Tontine scheme. I don't think that, um, like, if anything, it's uncle. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's definitely someone the kids knew. Um, They also said that maybe the brother 
Lee's brother could have been involved somehow. Um, like maybe he was the one with the lottery ticket. Like the lottery ticket story is like rel- like yeah, it keeps coming up, but it it's in different forms. So some say it was uncle that did it, and some say Lee's brother did mm-hmm. it, or another family member, or another neighbor, or something along those lines. Yeah, it was someone that they def the kids definitely knew. Yeah, because they let him in or her. Although in the eighties. <laughs> 70s and 80s like people open their doors for whoever so right that's also not out of character to be like or don't hi what do you want at all yeah guys stop doing that <laughs> if yeah. you're still doing if you're it. still doing that please stop <laughs> and i don't care how small your town is real quick i don't care how small your town is and how nice your neighbors are that's where shit always happens and yeah people are like it never happens in this type of neighborhood. It does because you're does. you're easy targets and people yeah. know that because they know you don't lock your doors. So stop. Just stop it. Just yep. lock everything, please. Yep. That was my PSA. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> so the aftermath, um, the children yeah. were buried the very next day on oh. January 7th, 1979. That's so fast. But I don't know yeah. if it's like a religious custom where they have to bury within 24 hours. Right anything like that but i mean they have all their evidence from them right um so some of their toys school books and their school bags were buried with them just what they want to do in the afterlife is more schoolwork schoolwork yeah (laughs) mrs tan passed out several times as the children were placed in their coffins Uh, Their parents closed their business and started working at a company that made PVC bag materials. And they closed the business and stated that for the sake of the school children who took our our bus, we gave up because we did not want to endanger them. Like they were afraid that something would happen to those kids too. Yeah, like a luck thing or something. Yes. And they did not move out of the apartment because it's hard to move out of the apartments. Like housing is so needed out there. Yeah. There was like nowhere for them to move to. Hmm. So they were stuck in that same apartment where all of that cruelty. It makes sense that they were like, it's like four walls of nothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, But on the good side, um, five years after the murders, on December 30th, 1984, Lee's sterilization was reversed and she gave birth to a baby boy. Apparently several doctors, she went to go see several doctors. They all said, no, like we can't do it. There's nothing that can be done. Um, but one doctor did a tubal reanastomosis, um, which rejoins the fallopian tubes that had been cut and tied. So she had a hysterectomy and they reversed it? And they reversed it. Yeah. I didn't know um, that was possible. I didn't either. So that's why I'm like, I don't think it was like a full hysterectomy. I yeah. think it must have been something. A little less. Yeah. Interesting. The case likely isn't being worked on any longer, which is a shame because like there's so much they could do with DNA, fingerprinting, all of that mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. It's really sad. I'm happy what a horrible they, case. I'm happy they had another child though. I, I know. That was like the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like I was really happy to see that they were able to have another child. Yeah. Even if it's in like the same, oh my God, like you have to Ugh. live with all those neighbors and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> Any last parting words? I think it's still just him. That's, I, that story was horrible. If the uncle was able to move, like, yeah. And he moved out so soon 
it's like you're guilty. Like you're just trying to not be around it. Yeah. Or maybe he's not. Maybe let me. Maybe he's not guilty and he's sick of being talked about and pointed at and like yes. used by right. his hundreds of neighbors that live even just in that area. Right. Definitely a possibility. Yeah. If you or someone you know has any other information about the Tan family murders or theories, please feel free to email us at mrreticle at gmail.com. Follow us at mrreticle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell all your friends about us. Don't play with strangers. And don't trust your government. And don't trust your neighbors. Beautiful. (laughs) That's what I almost said. Just so I could ruin it for you like you ruined it for me last time. <laughs> Sorry. I forget what we said. But wasn't it, was it like, like the same thing? It was like, the, don't trust your husband. Yeah. <laughs> You're ruining it. <laughs> uh, and then it felt so lame after. I was like, well, now it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, God.